0: Welcome back to the Recalibrate podcast. I'm your host, JC, and each week I talk about my experience in ways that I've made small shifts in certain areas to improve my mindfulness, mental health, and happiness. This is the first official Recalibrate episode of the year. Today, I'm so excited to have one of my best friends, Delaney, on the podcast. Delaney is currently a Harvard graduate student with a background in communications. Welcome, Delaney, to the podcast. Hello. (laughs) I'm so excited. With the end of one year and the start of another, I feel like this time always brings up a lot of expectations and judgments among people. And everybody is talking about their New Year's resolutions, the New Year New Me mindset. And while for some people it can be helpful, for others it tends to be a time with a lot of self-judgment and a lot of negative connotations assigned to it. Research shows that 91% of people do not keep their New Year's resolutions, leaving people feeling even more defeated than before they started. So I wanted to have Delaney on the podcast today because Delaney and I have very similar viewpoints on a lot of things like mindfulness and sense of self and self-care. But one thing that we differ on is our opinion on New Year's resolutions. So I'm very interested to dive into this topic with you today. (laughs) (laughs) So Delaney, what is your take on New Year's resolutions? It's like part of my routine. Like
1: Every year I know that I will make a few resolutions, normally more than one, at least for the past five years. like Since I've been more into mindfulness, it's been part of my mindfulness practice. I'm a big phone reminder girl. So like I'll make a reminder for December 15th to start reflecting on what I want to encapsulate in my resolutions. And I'll spend normally those two weeks just it's kind of in the back of my mind on the back burner, thinking about the year and how it went and things that I think are missing, things that I did well, things I want to enhance. And then I'll start big and kind of dream big and think of things that I'm almost scared to wish out loud, but want for the next year. And then think about okay, how can I boil that down to maybe three goals? Mm. So maybe I do New Year's goals more than resolutions, (laughs) but it's kind of thinking big, what do I want the next year to embody? And then boiling that down into like tactical, almost measurable goals.
0: Yeah, I think New Year's goals is an interesting way to frame it. Do you feel like you spend more time reflecting on the past year and thinking about how you performed or what went well, what didn't go well versus goal setting or do you think you spend more time on goal setting
1: more time on goal setting because I think if you spend too much time reflecting on the past year it's easy to be really self-critical Critical, yeah And we will normally write it on an index card and it's fun to go back to the index card from the year before and it's almost in a humorous way like you're approaching it with a sense of humor of like where was my head at what was I thinking where did these things come from and some of them are kind of funny like looking back like some of them are things that I maybe accomplished in January of 2022 so it's like why did I even write that down it like, <laughs> was like already happening but I think approaching it with humor is important. And then definitely being more future-leaning, I think, is key because the whole point is to bring new things into the next year. So I think that's a good way to keep it healthy is focusing on the next year.
0: Yeah. What was one goal that you had for last year that you accomplished this year? Let me pull up the picture. There were
1: seven in oh 2022, which was excessive. I don't know if that's best practice for New Year's <laughs> resolutions. One was to get crow and headstand in yoga, oh. which I did. But interestingly, it was I got each one a handful of times, maybe once or twice throughout the year. But now at the end of the year, I can't do them again. So it's interesting how some of them are cyclical. Like some yeah. things are upkeep versus like one time milestone goals. Another was financial of paying off my undergrad student loans before my birthday, which I did do. And I know some people like doing financial ones, some people don't. But I think when you're budgeting and thinking about what you want the year to like focus on financially, it is good. if You have X extra dollars per month. Like how do you make sure you're spending those in line with your priorities versus just saying yes to every dinner or brunch and then not really achieving your long-term financial goals. One was to wake up two mornings a week at 6.30 a.m. and write for an hour. That absolutely (laughs) did not happen. That was the most (laughs) aspirational. And I think something that was missing from 2022 for me was creativity and writing. So I'm going to try to carry that through. But I think that's an example of maybe being too ambitious. Yeah. That's very ambitious to wake up so early.
0: I listened to a podcast and they had said that they like to call this time of year your delusional time of yes. year. Because all of a sudden, you just think that you're going to do all of these things that you've literally never done in your life. Yeah. Like, oh, I never wake up at 6.30. I wake up at 9 a.m. every day. But now, next year, tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 every single day and write for three hours and do all these exactly. things. And you get into
1: this trap of like, why do we think that we can do those things? Exactly. Like, there's a reason you haven't done that. Yeah. Because it's like, you need eight hours of sleep. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, and it's interesting to see how some of your goals are really objective, like to get crow or headstand, Mm -hmm. and some of them are a whole overarching thing of financial stability. Yeah,
1: and some are really vague. Like one was do nothing once a day. Yeah, just do nothing. Which that's actually really hard to do nothing. So I would say my general thinking on it is it is a slippery slope, and it can feel like you're putting pressure on yourself or being critical. But the reason I think I can make the case for a New Year's resolution or New Year's goals is that I think there's a season for everything, which I know you've talked about on other podcasts leading into the pros of certain seasons and the cons of certain seasons. And I think this season, although it's kind of arbitrary, is a perfect time to carve out time for reflection and Trying to make sure that the next chapter of your life is embodying what you really deeply care about, because I think if you don't have an annual recalibrate button, <laughs> um, it's kind of easy just to get lost in like the busyness of day to day life and not ever pick a time to do it. And so maybe for you, it's better to make your time of reflection and New Year's resolutions May or June or if you kind of start new projects at work in September, September. But for me, I just think January is a good time at this point in my life. But again, I think you can make that season of reflection anytime you want, as long as you're actually doing it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think this is a time of year when you're obviously doing
1: it at a broader scale, but you also take a lot of time to reflect throughout the year, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I think we both share kind of a love for collaging as a way to mindfully reflect. And It's like a mini vision board. It's fun to kind of envision what you want the next month to look like or even weekend or day. We all make resolutions on any scale. Like some people at the beginning of the week like, oh, I really want to eat a salad this week and they'll do it. And that's a resolution and you <laughs> can do it or not do it. So it's just... What scale do you want to vision board your life at? And that's why I like having multiple because I think it's impossible that you're going to succeed in every resolution. But if you have multiple goals or resolutions, you're going to achieve some of them. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to ensure that you're not being too hard on yourself.
0: Yeah, right. And I think if New Year's resolutions is something that is truly helpful for you, then you should definitely do it. It. go do for it. 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 Why not? Um, I think for me personally, I am. A little bit adverse to New Year's resolutions because I think a lot of them come from a very critical punishy mindset of all of the things that you're not and they come from a place of lacking rather than things you want to add in like I actually really like your approach of looking at your year and then being like okay what can I add in more of that's such a mindful approach to it but I think a lot of times and what's portrayed in the media and across the board is Okay, what was all the things I wasn't this year? And like what are all of the things about me that I need to fix? So I love to reflect, like I like to use this time as a time of reflection. And like we said, we reflected a lot of points throughout the year, but I think it's really about intentionality and your approach and your mindset towards it that makes the difference in whether or not your New Year's resolution is. Something that's going to be sustainable. And
1: that is so interesting what you said about seeing it in the media, because I think it's so important to be mindful that companies and our corporate structure prey on this time of the yes. year. So like sober January, like take alcohol out of your life and use our new zero AB <laughs> alcohol and gym and get these clothes from X brand. So be so mindful of the commercials that you're taking in and the media and like when you're walking around what you're seeing, because it is so important to be mindful that we are fully victims of the content that we're taking in around this time of year, especially. And the taking away thing is so true. It's like, cut out sugar, cut out alcohol, cut out these things, but it really should be like, add things that you add. I I really like that takeaway.
0: What can you add in? Exactly. Like, that's the perfect point. The companies and media prey on our insecurities Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. that we're not, they try to sell us a problem solving Mm -hmm. to this thing. Like, anything that you're lacking in a company is going to use this time and say oh, oh you're lacking in this we have this product and it will fix everything exactly
1: and if you think about it from like you're vulnerable thinking about what you want to improve if you let that leech into your thinking that's where you get the punishy toxic yeah. resolutions i think and it can come from people in your life too like if you see someone in your life that maybe doesn't have the same outlook on something and they're doing something punishy it's easy to compare so i think it's really important to like not compare your resolutions to other people's because you're on your own journey.
0: Yeah, it's so personal. And it's also a really weird paradox, at least for me, of accepting who you are, but then also encouraging other parts that you want to bring into your life. So true. Because especially for us, I think something that I've at least worked a lot on is accepting where I am in the moment and balancing that with, okay, there's I'm not perfect. Like There's still a lot of things that I want to change or... That I want to have more of, or that I want to divert my focus to, while also knowing it's okay to be where you are right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think along those lines, when you're thinking of what you want to add, you have to accept that you're gonna have to give something up to mm-hmm. add. Like, it, I think it's a slippery yeah. slope to be like, I want to add this and this and this, and then you end up where I am this year, which is I want to do less. Like, I I want to make more time for play and be less focused on productivity because I think if you make all these things feel like a chore you end up kind of at a point where your resolution needs to be to shed responsibility. So try to give and take (laughs) equally. Otherwise, your plate gets overloaded.
0: Yeah, that kind of goes into the delusion piece that we were talking about before. (laughs) If you're just saying, okay, I'm going to add in all of these things, how are you suddenly by next week going to have 20 more hours in your week to implement these new things that exactly, you won't like that's such a good point that you have to figure out, OK, what's important to me? What do I want to give up and what do I want to focus on? And one of my friends, she's going to laugh when she hears this, always talks about optimizing different areas of your life. And she'll say, OK, what are you optimizing for? And it, whatever it is, it's fine. Like everyone has a different thing that they want to optimize for. Some people want to optimize for financial stability. Some people want to optimize for love or relationships or literally fun, anything fun, yeah. like exploring. And like based on what you're optimizing for how you make decisions are going to be different. So Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing with New Year's resolutions or any part of your life. You have to decide what's going to work for you. What are you going to give up in order to add in and then play around with that balance? You can't optimize everything. Yeah.
1: So even though, yeah, I think people want to. You want to. (laughs) Everyone wants (laughs) to. I mean, if I could go to the gym and make a nice meal and go to Boozy Brunch, I would. Yeah. You got to optimize for one of them. You can't do all of them.
0: I always think about this meme that I saw and it was Maslow's hierarchy <laughs> yeah, of of like things and it was like sleep social life self pick one and you're always trying to find the balance between all of them yeah and i think at different phases of your life different ones are going to outshadow each other but it's it's, it's a hard balance for sure yeah i mean whoever chatting about
1: it fickle <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah
0: I was really interested to find out why is New Year's Eve or New Year's in general a point where people are so motivated to change? Why is this the one point of year? It could be any time, but something about the end of one year and the start of another, even though there is one day in between them, Mm -hmm. is like when people are motivated to change. So I looked into this and there's very interesting research into what other times people are motivated to change throughout the year. In a study, they basically gathered a bunch of data sets and looked into times where gym attendance was really high or people were Googling certain terms or people were entering in things into a specific goal-setting website like Notion or something and where there were spikes in this data. so interesting. And they found it was start of a new week, start of a month, after birthdays, after specific holidays like Labor Day, Memorial Day. That is so Um, unexpected. But not Halloween, not those types of holidays, but (laughs) random holidays like that. And then obviously... New Year's Eve, but they all
1: emulate the same spikes. That's so interesting because all of those come with more time off from work. Yeah. So I wonder if it's people slow down and actually have time That's reflect, a really good point. Like, Labor Day, Memorial. Like what do those all have in common? Even a Monday, you're, yeah. you are have the weekend to kind of sit with yourself more than normal.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Like you're not inundated with work all day and you yeah. actually have a second to breathe. So you start thinking about that. I know a lot
1: of people work through the holidays, but a lot of people have like a solid two weeks yeah. off. So, yeah.
0: Or even just a couple of days more than normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's Maybe. very I'm interesting. Intrigued. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also goes in with the fresh start effect. So that's another thing that I've looked a lot into because there is research to show that having a fresh start, like a new job or moving to a new city or the start of a new week, a new year can lead to behavior change and this is because we tend to think of life in chapters so you kind of mentioned this in the beginning like this is a new chapter and that's how you like to reflect on it and character energy
1: um yeah (laughs) Yeah. delaney and i like to
0: say with our friend group we operate in seasons (laughs) There are certain events that are season finales. Literally a sitcom. And yeah, it's a sitcom and there's finales and season premieres. Literally. And there's just like different chapters based on characters move to yeah. Boston. Yeah, characters, characters enter the that scene. That was my least and- favorite episode when-,
1: <laughs> when my favorite character moved to Boston.
0: That's terrible. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, though,
1: that that Because def- I think even too, when you're packing and envisioning your new routine, you're kind of envisioning what you want to be. Definitely. When you move to this new place or start something new.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. And people think of, if you think back on your life, you have your college years or your years doing a certain job or your years living in a certain city. It's easy to to compartmentalize different parts. And then an interesting point that I thought I heard of about this fresh start effect is. People think that we're further from your past self, which gives you the license to assign failures to a past person.
1: Interesting. Yes. And I also would wonder, if maybe post-breakup, it would be kind of the same thing. Yeah. You blame it on the relationship versus... Yeah. That's so interesting. i never have heard of that. Yeah. So
0: I think failures is a big ego thing and it's really hard to just write off your failures like you tend to ruminate on them a lot or you can't change your identity from those failures you tend to get stuck in it but when you think of your life in chapters or in this fresh start you're able to just be like okay that was me then and this is me now and either being in a new environment or surrounded by new people or Just having a different routine allows you to write off those failures and start again. Yeah. I think there are times when the fresh start effect is definitely helpful.
1: Definitely. Totally. Kind of like that January and May that I talked about. Like it doesn't have to be January. Yeah. New era.
0: There's fresh starts all the time. Like every week is a fresh start. But to go back to kind of why I'm adverse on it is my belief is that you can just start over at any time. I don't think you need to wait. And so often people are like, oh, I'll just start on Monday or I'll start next month. And it just puts so much pressure on your future self to do these things. Why do you not believe in yourself enough that
1: you can just start it right now? Yeah, I think a lot of it does come back to that fear of Mm -hmm. failure. It is just silly when you think about yeah. it, like you're waking up and you're the same. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It's just like, ah, I, I feel like it leads to just the sense of anxiety. I remember periods of my life where I used to do this and Sunday night when I said, okay, I'm just going to start on Monday. I'd be like, ugh. Like,
1: exactly. I just <laughs> I don't
0: know. It puts so much pressure on it.
1: I think maybe too thinking about a resolution where you're excited to do it. I think if it's a positive resolution, it should be something you're short term looking forward to do. I think that's how you avoid the punitive yeah. resolutions or the fear of failure resolutions because for Crower Hudson, I was like, I'm excited to go to yoga because I have this goal. But if I didn't get Crower Hudson, I was like, well, I'm still going to yoga, which I love to do. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to eat more vegetables, you shouldn't be dreading eating the yeah. vegetable. If that's what you're dreading, then you have the wrong resolution. Totally. Like,
0: and I say that, that's funny that you mentioned the crower headstand thing, because in my classes, each month I'll work towards a peak posture. And a lot of times like students don't know what the peak posture is before coming. And they'll come to class, they'll try headstand or whatever. And if they don't get it, I notice they'll start to feel a little bit defeated or whatever. And I always take that point in class to remind them, you didn't walk into yoga knowing that that was the pose. So that wasn't the point of the class. Like the point of the class is just to take 60 minutes and be in your body and tune into how you feel. And it wasn't to get this one pose. Even once you get the pose, like, what does that even mean? You just can tell other people like about exactly, it. Like, exactly. it, But it is cool, right? It totally depends on your mindset. Like for you, you wanted to get it and it would be just a fun thing and you'd feel proud of it. And I don't know, it's like it's more play. fun. Like yeah, I like coming to your class, you call it
1: playtime. Yeah. That, that's how you should approach your yeah. resolution. It shouldn't be like performance time. It's, <laughs> it's playtime. <funny laughs> Yeah, Totally.
0: I agree. And those are times when fresh starts can be helpful. But I also looked into times when it's not helpful. There was an interesting study that looked at MLB players and it used it to explain this effect. So players can get traded in the middle of the season and causes disruption for their careers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And There's two different leagues in the MLB. So you can get traded cross-league or within your league. And if you get traded across league, your statistics get wiped. But if you get traded within the league, your statistics stay.
1: Okay. And
0: they looked at players that got traded cross-league and within their league. And they found that when a player is on a roll, like they're doing amazing during the season, and then they have a disruption and they get traded cross league. white. Their performance went down. Wow. But when they were doing really badly and they got traded and they had like a fresh start, their performance started to go up. Wow. So you tend to do better when you have that clean slate.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. It goes back to the mindset thing. It actually has nothing to do with getting traded. It's just where you were at. What was your belief about where you were at? And then how does that change when you either keep or lose your...
1: Yeah, your- and I think that's so interesting that it's like a quantitative validation. Yeah. Like, how do you think about where you're at? I think in our society is so quantitative, yeah. like especially with health and wearable. I know you're so pro-wearable, <laughs> but, but for me, sometimes I don't like to quantify my health because I want to feel how I'm feeling and I don't want to know numbers because then it'll give me this whole new wealth of knowledge to judge where I'm at. So I think it's really interesting how data plays a role and how you feel about where you're at. Because if baseball is such a statistics sport, mm-hmm. if they weren't keeping track of that, I'd be so curious, like, how it would impact their being wiped. Yeah. Like, that's... I know.
0: I think that's the case pro or against wearables across the board. Like, I have a friend that uses the aura ring, which tracks your sleep and recovery and gives you scores on them. And she actually won't check her scores till the end of the day. Because she found if you check them first thing regardless of if you had a good night of sleep or bad whatever it tells you like that's how you'll embody the rest of your day
1: self-fulfilling yeah that's like so if
0: it's like if you woke up and you're like oh i feel fine and then your thing told you oh you, you had, should feel like crap you had a horrible night of sleep <laughs> you slept terribly whatever then you'll feel more tired throughout the day but adversely you wake up and you feel you had an amazing restful deep sleep you'd be like I feel so good. Like, climb them out. Yeah, it just, like, dictates your mood. So, again, I've totally fallen into that trap before. Like, I can completely see why it's not helpful. I think, for me, I'm just... Interested to see, and I feel like a lot of times, especially with a lot of health issues I've had, I've spent so much time trying to understand my body better, and it gives me a baseline to help me to understand. True, but yeah, the other way around, there are totally times when I let it dictate my mood.
1: Yeah, you have to be so mindful of it. Yeah, I think you do a good job, of <laughs> and it serves you well. It's but for me, hard. I'd, yeah, I'd get sucked right in. Yeah, for I sure. I think a lot of people do. But moral of the story: be careful how you quantify your progress towards your resolutions, definitely. because that is a Depends yeah. on who you are.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said. It's all about just listening to how you feel and mm-hmm. tapping into that and then just spending that time getting to know yourself and what works best for you. Oh, because this is a time where so many people are going to try to say, do X, Y, Z thing and you'll achieve whatever you're looking for. But no one has that one answer. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's very personal.
1: And I think checking in with how you feel can help by having a visual reminder of whatever your resolution was because it reminds you to check in with your progress and how you're feeling about it Mm -hmm. versus if you just shove that index card in your drawer and you kind of forget you have it. It's like, yeah, how are you going to remember? Yeah. I
0: mean, regardless of what your stance is on New Year's resolutions, like whether you're pro or against them, it's common knowledge that they're likely to fail, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting. Like how I said at the beginning of the episode, 91% of New Year's resolutions are likely to fail, which is so crazy.
1: Why do you think that is? I think sometimes the goals are just too lofty. The gym thing is just crazy. Again, back to your point, why do you think you would start going? If you don't have a good underlying reason or an emotional motivation, that is just not going to happen. Yeah. I think a lot of them are not customized enough. I think people feel like they have to choose from this menu board of the 10 most popular New Year's resolutions. (laughs) And like none of those would apply to me. So obviously I would fail if I was just looking at these most popular resolutions. I think it does take a lot of customization. And personalization and introspection—it's not something you should pick off of what everyone else is doing. So I think that's probably yeah. why it fails very often.
0: Yeah, I love that point of the menu. That's so funny. I looked into it and it said the most common New Year's resolutions are all centered around health, nutrition, exercise, financial stability, and like finding love, which is such so a funny resolution. Like, the, yeah, like <laughs> why? Why would <laughs> New Year's resolution? Um, but people do tend to bucket into these categories. I don't know. There's so many that just people don't talk about. Yeah.
1: And some of them are just too big. I liked my want to do nothing and you would never find that on a yeah. list, <laughs> but that was perfect for me that year. So I think if people chose more carefully, maybe the rate would go down. I don't think that explains the full 90%. Though. Yeah. Why do you think it's Yeah,
0: so I think people make a goal without a plan. They tend to just say, I'm going to do X thing, but then they don't figure out how they're going to get there. Mm -hmm. I think they put too much pressure and they go all or nothing and then they burn out. They do it from a place that's rooted in self-criticalness and that cheesy quote, you can't hate yourself into a version that you like. Um, 100%. And I think that, that people also spend a lot of time goal setting but they don't do the reflection piece before true like i think in order to get to those customized personal goals or intentions you have to spend the time doing the reflection piece 100
1: percent. picturing the yin and yang when you're yeah. making your solution make sure you're, you're giving something up if you're taking something on or if you want to give something up like smoking figure out something to fill that that's healthy exactly i think that's a stumbling block
0: and i think you have to kind of change the identity that goes along with it i talked about it in the habits episode but A lot of the times the reasons that we have, quote unquote, bad habits or are resistant to change is because our body and mind have literally picked up these things in order to protect us Mm -hmm. at a point. And it's not because you're a bad person that you do these things. It's just because your body thinks that that's what's keeping you safe. And at a certain point, it might have been the thing that was keeping you safe, but then we never really unlearn those things and it's hard to unlearn those things but there's a lot of pieces that go into it with the habits thing a lot of it was identity shifting like you can't just say you're going to do something you have to really become the type of person that would embody that and then also just knowing that it's something that's sustainable and it's It's not something with an end goal like around December last year I wanted to meditate more and I remember I talked to you about it you're the reason that I started picking it up again because I was like I don't know what it is. I just can't get myself to meditate. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, we're going to text each other every day. I'm going to start small. And it was in December. I could have just been like next year yeah, I'm going to meditate. In January. In January. And who
1: knows like what whim would have come along. Exactly.
0: And- but I was like, no, I just want to start it right now. It was the middle of the week. I didn't wait for a Monday. I think it was a Wednesday or something, and I just said, "Okay, I'm going to meditate for 2 minutes or like 5 minutes every day." And I was like, what's the easiest way that I can achieve this? How is it going to be
1: as frictionless as possible. Mm -hmm. You made a plan. Yeah. So critical. I made a plan. Small plan, but it was a plan of us texting each other and holding each other accountable. And I think this is where tech can be so helpful is it morphed into us messaging each other in the little cute headspace each year as like a little substitute (laughs) for texting each other. But that was helpful. As someone that had been doing it pretty consistently, it made me excited to rediscover my love of this thing by watching you kind of get more into it. So I think finding a buddy can be really helpful.
0: Definitely. Going back to how you can foolproof this plan, I spent a lot of time thinking, okay, why am I not meditating? Why is it so hard for me? And I was spending 20 minutes looking for a YouTube video to find. I can't find any. I'm getting caught scrolling on my phone. I say that I'm going to do it at the end of the day, but then I get tired. I'm not carving out enough time. I tried to identify all the points that were making it difficult and then figured out how I could make it easy as possible. So You recommended Headspace to me. I downloaded Headspace and then I was like, oh, I don't have to scroll anymore. Mm -hmm. I can pick a course and then it's pre-selected. I set up automations on my phone so that after my alarm went off, it just opened the app. I didn't even have to think about it. So, yeah, there's going to be times when you're tired and exhausted and you don't want to do it. So in those times, how can you make it as easy as possible?
1: Yeah. Kind of like playing defense against your more tired, less motivated. version. (laughs) Yeah. Envision yourself in your worst state. You just got home from work. Yeah. You don't
0: want to meditate. Yeah. You don't want to do it. I think we make New Year's resolutions thinking of ourselves as like this most perfect, ideal, amazing state. And we're not that all the time. Almost never. Almost never.
1: We're never that person. <laughs> Typically, we are the person yeah, home so from work that it's... has to do laundry and dishes. And
0: Exactly. When you start to think of, okay, imagine I'm that version all the time. How can I implement this habit? Mm-hmm. How can I implement this goal? Like, how am I going to realistically implement this into my life? A huge lesson I learned this year was really focusing on there's no end goal for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. If this is something you really want to implement into your life, It's okay if you don't do it every day, if you fall off. It's just about continually getting back to it and finding consistency with it. Going back to meditation, I talked about it in one of the episodes. I had like an 80 plus day streak and then I lost it because life happens. And if I were to just drop off at that point and then be like, oh, that's it, I'm done, I I failed, I can never meditate again, then I would have stopped. But now this morning I realized, in one more meditation, I will have hit 5,000 minutes of meditation. So
1: exciting. Congratulations. And
0: that's like 85 hours of meditation. Yeah. And that is so much more powerful than just meditating every day or losing a streak. Like it's the accumulation of habits and how it starts to trickle into your life that I think makes the most difference. Yep.
1: Andy always says, <laughs> consistency over duration.
0: but yeah to sum it up i think there's a way to approach these in an intentional way and we're not perfect there's always things that we can do to improve or learn do better and there's just a difference between being judgmental and inviting in something new you can reflect and appreciate how far you've come while also thinking about okay what are some things i want to invite in i heard someone put it a really good way instead of being critical a different way to look at it is to be really strategic and analytical about it and think about how you can design solutions to problems that you're facing rather than just putting shame on yourself.
1: Yeah. I like that. Viewing it as a problem versus a personal problem. Like, yeah. The problem is I don't have enough time to do this thing mm-hmm. that I want to do and then solving. I love that.
0: Yeah. And to go one step further, you can't solve a problem unless you understand why it's happening. Yeah. So to go back to the meditation piece, I wasn't just like, oh, I'm failure. I'm like, a, I'm not a mindful person. And that's why I'm not meditating. No, realistically, why am I not doing this thing that I want to do? It's something that's positive for my life. I know it will be good for me. But logistically, these are the reasons why I'm not meditating. And once I understood those problems, I could figure out a way to solve it.
1: Yeah. And there are reasons.
0: Yeah. So I think like shifting from being judgmental to being analytical and thinking strategically. And then also the reflection piece of just thinking about how you want to be in the world and everyone's going to have a different answer to that but figure out what are the qualities you want to engage in and then what are the qualities that you don't want to engage in this year like I think at a baseline it's just how you can support ways to be the version of yourself that you want to be yeah but I think it's hard because it's a combination of being present with where you're at and then also influencing what you want in the future Mm -hmm. and that is what tends to create conflict because you have these two selves almost
1: and you have this future self and we're so mean to the past self too like the past self deserves some love yeah i think if you're thinking like oh i made that resolution in 2022 and it just totally failed well maybe you didn't see where the year was going to take you and you brought in something different that you're not giving yourself credit for be nice to yourself that woke up on the tuesday in february and decided to stop doing this intense workout plan because there was probably a reason yeah totally you couldn't have figured out
0: yeah. And that's another thing. Like, it's OK to pivot. That's a perfect point. Right now, if you think of a, something you want to implement in the new year and it sounds like a great idea and then you get to February and you're like, I hate this. This is yeah. not bringing me the yeah. happiness that I thought. It's OK to just stop and yeah. try something new. Definitely. Like, you can restart a million times. Yeah. But I think people get stuck in that sunk cost.
1: Yeah. It's very weird how we're wired like that. I think we love being able to say that we did this lofty New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. but that's the worst reason. I know. I'm very torn of should you share your resolution with others or should you not? Because I think if it's a good resolution, it should be so personal. It's almost vulnerable to share. Mm-hmm. But then I think you do lose out on that sharing can keep you accountable piece. But I think when you don't share, it also protects you from these ego-based external resolutions. So I'm always very torn on that. Like, yeah. Do you tell people? Do you not?
0: Yeah. I think it's helpful to tell people in not an ego way, but in a way that kind of shares that everyone is not perfect. Because I think sometimes it's easy to look at someone who has their life, quote unquote, all together. And seemingly on the outside, it looks perfect, but they don't know your inner thoughts and what you're struggling with. And I think if you do take time to make them a personal goal and something you want to
1: invite in, you probably would never know that about the person. That's true. That's true. You think someone's, like, arrived, but in air quotes. Yeah. (laughs) But they had to make resolutions to get there. That's very true. Yeah.
0: And another thing with the past, present, and future self is that every decision you make in the present, your present self gets to enjoy it right now. Yeah. But your future self doesn't get all the enjoyments of what you do in the present, but has all the consequences. True. True. That's like crazy. any decision that you make right now, your present self enjoys it or, yeah. or doesn't. Or it's painful. Or it's painful. You're holding a plane. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> or exactly, yeah. And then your future self doesn't really get the benefits of it. They just get fallout.
1: But also that
0: could be a, like, a benefit. Yeah, it, it could be a good thing. Like your present self makes a decision to save and then your future self gets to enjoy it, but your present yeah. self doesn't. It's kind of this trade off between them. Yeah. But how can you make positive change for your future self?
1: We're like heralding, making a plan. Yeah. Make a plan. Yeah. Okay. So baseline, (laughs) everyone, we want you to make a plan. Pause the podcast, (laughs) reflect on what you want to bring in. Yeah. And then we're going to future-proof. So,
0: (laughs) I I think the easiest way for human behavior is that we are wired in this way to operate in defaults. And there was a study in defaults and opting in and opting out. Let's say you're taking a survey or something. There was a study that people are more prone to keep whatever the default is. So if there is a checkbox and it's already checked for you, most times humans won't uncheck the box. They'll just leave it. But it could be the same exact option and they won't opt in. It's really just the act of It's the act of it. It could say anything. But if it's already checked off, like on an online form or something, you're just likely to keep whatever it is. But you won't opt-in. So it's a really powerful way to create behavior change because the example is about wanting to save for retirement or oh, something. Like
1: automatically enrolling. Oh, automa- in, yeah, yeah,
0: automatically enrolling. And if it was selected already for you, you
1: would. people have, just left yeah, it. Yeah. But
0: they didn't want to have to go through the thought process of being like, should I do it? Should I not do it? So they wouldn't select to opt-in. Got it. So I think similarly in that way, people are very reluctant to change the default. And if you use that to your benefit, you can figure out ways to add more defaults in your life to future-proof your plan. Defend almost. against your,
1: defend against yourself. Admirable self. Exactly but, what we were uh, talking about. Yeah. So laying I'll... out your outfit for something. Exactly. Even if you want to dress nicer. Yeah. Planning it, like laying it out, is a good way to default.
0: Yeah. toward What's already out. Definitely, and I think an overarching theme of a lot of resolutions is people want to feel better. They want to be prepared for the future and they want to set themselves up for happiness and Mm -hmm. ease and comfort in their life. Yeah. I think you could boil down most resolutions into those points.
1: The only thing I might add is like the sense of adventure, consciously going out of your comfort zone. Yeah, definitely. But I would say that pretty much sums it up in my experience.
0: So in that way, what are some ways you can add defaults to your life? And it depends on your goal, but let's say your goal is to have more financial stability. Instead of just relying on willpower that every month you're going to painfully go into your account and take out money and put it into a separate account, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to do that. But if you just set up like a lot of companies have ways to auto save certain percentages to different things. And I did that and I saved so much money, but I didn't do anything. I literally just said, I want 15 percent of my paycheck to go to this other account that I never look
1: at. Yeah. And
0: then it adds up over time. A
1: hundred percent. I think the equivalent of what people can do kind of for physical goals too is making a routine of on Sunday. If you use the scheduling app, like I know for Core Power, you can go in and schedule your classes, or on ClassPass, you go in and schedule your classes. If you're on that routine, pre scheduling on Sunday can be really helpful because then it's part of your schedule, it's already automated in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really, really helps. You're more likely to go if it's automatically scheduled versus deciding a random night to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like meal prepping is a good option. Yeah. It all goes back to this less admirable self and how you want to prepare for it. I saw an example even changing your homepage on your browser. Let's say one of your goals is you want to spend more time learning of like current events instead of wasting time on social oh, that's media. So cool. Instead of making your homepage Twitter. Change it to the New York Times.
1: Yeah. And then that's really cool. by
0: default, you probably are less likely to type in every day New York Times. If you're faced yeah. with Twitter or New York Times, you're obviously just going to stay on the path yeah. of least resistance. But if you're able to change that default, it's an easy way to add it in for yourself.
1: Yeah. Another one I've been hearing a lot is people want to read more for pleasure, which. totally all behind. Yeah. I think pre-reserving books in Libby is another really good way because it just shows up and automatically you're more likely to read versus going Mm -hmm. and finding a book in that exact
0: moment. Definitely. Or how can you make that experience the most easy? Put out your book next to your bed, Mm -hmm. put your phone in a different room. So many of these things we just expect to do out of willpower. But at the end of a long day, it is so much easier to just scroll on your phone, not put anything, get that quick dopamine, then pick out a book and read yeah. so how are you going to create those boundaries for yourself if it's something that you really want to implement yeah. and if it's something that will make you feel better yeah that's spot on another thing that i think is helpful is having a plan a and a plan b i talked about this in the morning routines episode of having a low medium high effort i loved the plan that.
1: because I it's that the same so thing much.
0: like not every morning you wake up and you feel amazing ready to conquer the day some days you wake up and you're so tired and you don't want to do Anything. You feel exhausted, you're sore, you're tired, all of these things. But if you just create this path of least resistance, like what's the minimum baseline that I can do that still helps me build that consistency and make progress without going all out, I think that's a helpful way to approach your goals. So if you say three times a week, I'm going to run five miles and life comes up and you can't do that, maybe you just run one time for 20 minutes and knowing that it's okay to not go all out all the time Mm -hmm. and still be able to make progress. I think consistency is so much more important than quantity.
1: Yeah, I think even just understanding and expecting and planning for those days Mm -hmm. helps you have more positive. Self-talk.
0: Yeah, and the decision and negotiation time and space that you spend, it takes up so much headspace to negotiate with yourself. Yeah oh, like, when am I going to do this thing? Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Should I do this? Should I do that? choice paralysis. Yeah.
1: I literally feel like kids are running around smiling all the time because they don't have to make those decisions. They're just, like, told where to go and what to do. Exactly. Like,
0: your decision fatigue, how can you reduce that? Your brain space should be spent solving important problems or thinking through things. Your brain is not just a dump for, (laughs) for all of your thoughts. Like, how can you free up the most headspace to live your life in a more present way? Yep. And if you You can automate or default or just get rid of all these minuscule decisions that you just spend so much time negotiating with yourself. I think that creates a lot of space for inviting in new things in your life. Yeah. But yes, at a baseline, if it helps you. You should go for it. If not, don't do it. This is a time of year that is very vulnerable and it's easy to get wrapped up in what everyone else is doing. But or if you, you're listening to this
1: not in January, here's yeah. your sign <laughs> that you don't have to wait until next yeah, year exactly. to start you your can, resolution. You
0: can start over a million times and it doesn't have to be on a certain day or a certain month or a certain time of year. As a takeaway, before this episode, Delaney and I spent time journaling, which is classic, Thank and you. we found these prompts that we really liked i saw them from megan art girl who was on the last podcast her instagram she posted them i'm not sure if she created them or if she found them but megan if you're listening we loved the prompts so we used them for our new year's reflections and i wanted to give you guys these questions so that you could spend some time thinking about them as well i'll also put them on instagram if you forget them or you want to have a picture of them but the first one is what have you accomplished this year that you're proud of Second, what areas of your life have grown the most? Where do you feel stuck or stagnant? Third, what habits and thought patterns are you ready to let go of? Fourth, what is the biggest lesson or lessons you've learned this year? What truths have you uncovered? And those are all the reflection piece. And then they kind of go more into intention. So the second part is what seeds are being planted in your life right now? How do you want them to unfold? How do you want to feel in your daily life and what habits will support those feelings? I loved this one because it was thinking about how you want to feel rather than a specific thing and then how you can cultivate those feelings. Next one was, what can you commit to this year? And the last one was, what are you leaving behind?
1: So we spent an hour going through these and it felt so it good. It was so <laughs> relaxing. Seriously, as people that probably overly reflect, it was so relaxing. Yeah. Stress enough. How it nice so it good for you to spend time thinking about these.
0: And one thing that I always love to do at the end of the year is think of one or two words that you want to focus on, and then how can you use those words to embody all of the decisions that you make. So my two words for this upcoming year are abundance and ease, and this really goes into. Not wanting to force anything, like creating space for rest, not rushing. I want everything in my life to just feel really present and smooth and like feel like I have an abundance of time and space to really just do the things that I love and the things that feel most authentic to me. Um but Delaney I'm curious what is your word of the year?
1: My word is play. <laughs> I feel like I've been too focused on work and balancing school and work and productivity and none of that is worth anything if you don't make time for enjoyment and play. So yeah. I want to play. I that.
0: Yeah. Last year I honestly forget. <laughs> One like my word was. not really talking
1: about this but we've definitely yeah, failed We've at definitely <laughs>
0: like failed at resolutions many times. So this year the thing I want to do differently is just remembering my words yeah. and then literally writing them down and have them front and center so that I can continually each day even think, okay, how did I embody those words in my day-to-day life?
1: That's I know we were just talking about journaling and like if you have a journaling practice, the blend of mind dump versus reflection, but that would be nice to like make that your reflection piece yeah. like once a week, like Fridays just mm-hmm. think about how your word is going yeah
0: i'm you definitely trying to do
1: that yeah let's hold you <laughs> <Bullshit. laughs>
0: thank you all for listening whatever your stance is on new year's resolutions i encourage you to take time to reflect on how far you've come and the ways that you can continue to support yourself in whatever your passions and goals are thinking about how you can boil down everything into your few words and then embody that in your decisions and your actions I am so interested to hear what your words are. So definitely send them over to me at the recalibrate podcast Instagram. Delaney, thank you so so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure,
1: and for listeners, if you don't have a word in mind, recalibrate (laughs) is actually a pretty
0: good word. (laughs) Self plug, I love it. Thank you so, so much, everyone. If you're new here, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it so you can be notified of new episodes. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day or night or week whenever you're listening to this. I am so, so grateful for all of you for listening and for following along, and I will talk to you again next Tuesday.